0: Hey, this is Pastor Nate Cook, and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Today on the podcast, we answer our first listener question of 2019 which ultimately becomes a question about the atonement. We're calling this one the one about whether God is bloodthirsty. So sit back and relax, and we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey Michael, how's it going this week? It's going well, Nate. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Yesterday was uh, Bring Your Husband to Work Day, apparently, at my <laughs> wife's office. Yeah, how'd that go? Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was interesting to get to see my wife in her work environment. And it was also interesting to be helpless because they were overrun and they had a lot more uh, patients scheduled and they had a couple people out sick. And so they just needed a body to come in and like, answer the phone when people called in and stuff. <laughs> But that's that's about the extent of what I could do. Yeah, that's about all I could do. And so it was like, but I got to watch her kind of buzz around, and she knows how to do about everything in the office. So that's good. That girl never sits down throughout the day. She is always going, especially on busy days like that. But for me, it might have been the longest day in the history (laughs) of working because. I just could do very little. So I was just trying to help when I could. But then, other than that, I was sitting there waiting for a phone to ring. And uh, when you're used to making your own schedule every week, kind of having some control, like giving up that control and just waiting. Right. Uh, that was a pretty interesting day. But it was fun. Yeah. I had a good well, day. Well, you
1: know, yesterday was our, our regular day to record um, this Yeah. Podcast. And so I messed it and up. So so you, you sent me that text and said, hey, listen, I've got to go to work with my wife. And uh, and it got me to thinking. Like, I I'm not sure what Shelly's day is like. I mean, I, I've she's a teacher, so I've had some experience of that. But uh, it's, right. it's been a while, and uh, and she's special ed teacher, so it's kind of hers is a whole different. It's not like a regular.
0: Oh uh, yeah, and the paperwork involved oh, there yeah, is so I ridiculous. Even, I don't
1: even know what to what her like. I she can tell me about her day, but. Uh, I thought what a neat opportunity to experience your spouse's day um, and Shelley's got to experience mine from time to time and she right. well
0: we only we only work on Sundays is what most people right think, so, so yeah
1: so you know Shelly gets to experience it's my one day a week and then just a one day and then envy me the rest of the time because I just sit around and you know record podcasts with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> So
0: Yeah, no, uh, for those of you listening, that's an old myth. I hope you know that. Um, <laughs> there are lots of things. I had a young person come up to me, one of Nathan's friends from Snoo. I won't say his name because he might not want his name on air for saying this, but he <laughs> said, they really pay you to do that? <laughs> that's awesome. I, I think we may have talked about that before, and I was like, yeah. Yeah. And he was just so shocked. They said it again. He was like, seriously? Yeah. No, I remember they pay you to do that? when I
1: first was in youth ministry. I had three boys who thought that the government provided the church building, and nice, yeah, <laughs> and that you know they had that.
0: We're not like in Russia or something. Yeah,
1: like they, it was an interesting. I was like, no, like what? What? This comes from people's giving, and and they want this yeah. to exist, and you have this open gym where you come and play basketball because, you know, they love they you. They love you. That's it. And, and so right. just the total disconnect uh, without, if you haven't been in church, then having any inkling as to how all this came to be, um, you know, I guess you just, you, your imagination fills in the gaps. But
0: uh, Yeah, well, it was just funny because they see you get up there and give a, you know, a sermon every week and do this stuff on Sunday, but most people don't realize, and we've talked about this before, all the things that go on uh, just during the week, we talked about what we do all week, but it's may have been a while. So I don't want to do that whole podcast again, but it was just, uh, interesting to see what she did all day and to realize how hard my wife works. And, and when yeah. we, she, we talk now, I know what she's talking about when she talks about, you know, like filing insurance and, <laughs> and putting yeah. things in a certain tray because yeah. I was helping do that stuff. So it's kind of fun. So that, that requires uh,
1: some stand, sit, stand, sit, kneel. So it's not all that different from your Sunday morning, right?
0: yeah right yeah we lots of exercise but
1: <laughs> speaking of exercise so, Shelly started a, a new exercise regimen and she gets up at I like, know you were yeah, telling at me at like five o'clock in the morning
0: five in the morning and
1: she's going a to, to, a, to a parking lot Golf yeah car. she goes to a parking lot to this thing called Camp Gladiator and yeah um, and I you know this morning she came in and uh, I was getting up because I was gonna take uh kids to school and whatnot and and she's getting ready to go back to school and go to work and um you know I said how how's it going and and she <laughs> she said whew, it was intense today but uh yeah i i don't know she's just tougher than i am i think
0: yeah, yeah i i think sometimes women are are much tougher than we are there's that thing called the man flu and women give birth <laughs> and all that stuff so yeah yeah i Famous. I don't claim to be tough. I've never been a tough guy. Yeah. Like no one's ever called me that. Yeah. I don't think. You know, they don't go, "Hey Nate, that Nate is a tough guy." Right.
1: When it comes to, <laughs> I don't think
0: anybody said that about you. Either. No, no. Not, no offense. No, no offense. Nobody,
1: nobody ever says, "Yeah, that Michael Pig, he's one, he's one tough guy." The uh, my, you know, my kids might when it comes to certain areas of discipline, but uh, yeah, that's, that no, that no I think I'm a pushover. Old- <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I understand that. Mine probably think I am too. Shelly's Shelley's the disciplinarian, and the, pretty much she just does everything. I'm not sure what I do uh, most of the time. The uh, there's a there's a sign in the in our kitchen that says exercise. I thought you said extra fries, and that's yes. that's pretty much that's that's how I've been lately. I you know I I wanted to make the New Year's resolution and and you know go out there and do something, but I was just too tired to.
0: <laughs> to do that. Well, I I am trying to get in shape because uh, I'm supposed to be leaving for Hawaii in about a month. Oh, and, so, and you need uh, your
1: bikini body going on, huh?
0: That's right. I will be wearing a speedo, probably <laughs> more than a bikini. But... <laughs> Whatever. No, oh. I've made that joke before, and my my family's like, "Dad, be quiet." Please, please don't Just, say that again. I <laughs> don't want to hear about that. Yeah. So. I wear the longest shorts possible and just hope to keep my shirt on most of the time these days. That's kind of how it goes. Um, so we did get a a listener question. Yeah. Actually, last week, and I I said we might pick it up this week. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. It was. The question had to do with how sometimes we tend to take we. It feels like the God of the Old Testament is mad, angry vindictive almost uh, there's a lot of judgment there's and, and then we have jesus in the new testament who comes loving his enemies and saying for us to pray for those who persecute you like you know don't pick up your sword those who live by the sword will die by the sword right. he goes to the right his death without even speaking and, and so there can be this picture where sometimes god is like the bad cop and jesus is the good cop and and so the question has to deal with both you know, that's both, both those things are God. And also, and so how does that work out with atonement and crucifixion and death? Did God have to kill Jesus so we could be saved? Um, and then the other side of it is probably violence in the old Testament. I don't know if we can get to both of those things today (laughs) because both of those are really big issues. Yeah. Yeah, that pastors have been talking about for years and years sure. and years. Sure, and it's interesting. So maybe let's if we, let's take the atonement one today, and maybe we'll take the violence one even next uh, week. Oh well, and I we think.
1: might discover that they're they're both the same answer. But we'll 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 try it. Um, yeah, atonement is
0: this difficult thing. There's probably you know about. Let's s- go real basic. All right, what, what is atonement at? What to you what does it mean? And well, I give you. A I always thought, just say
1: it's you know? at atonement. So yeah, that
0: that's the old standby, right? So it makes us yeah. one with God. So
1: sin sin made us sep- separated us from God, and something enters in to make us one with God again.
0: Did it separate us from God though? Really? Um, Can we start there? Well,
1: if you if then yeah, frustrated. You have to talk about original sin, and yeah. and so there's a well, whole other uh, problematic discussion because. When you start talking about original sin, you have a, a lot of a lot of different voices in that conversation and how original sin works and it came in through, you know, Adam and Eve sin and now we're all just, you know, born broken. And so we have, right. to, we have to go well, into I guess, how that works, but
0: yeah, what I was getting at more was we have to be careful when we say sin separates us from God that we don't hear what some people say which is God can't tolerate sin. Yeah. Because ultimately, yeah. we if God can't if God can't reach down into sin and pull us out, then we're stuck.
1: Sure, right? and and I think you know we somewhere along the road somebody said, "Oh well, when God, uh, when Jesus died on the cross, God the Father turned His head."
0: That's where it came and, from,
1: and that, I, right that idea just isn't supported, especially since the Psalm, the "Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani," that Jesus, you know kind of sings while he's hanging on the cross. I don't know if he sang it, but right. he quoted it. He cried it he out. He cried it out, yeah. And uh, and they were the words to a, a familiar song uh, that would have been in the hymnal, the Jewish hymnal, as it were. Um, yeah, and they would have known
0: the ending. And they too. would have
1: known that, that the song that he sang or the words that he was referencing would have described everything he had been through in those recent hours. And it would also end with, Uh, you have not turned your face from me so that that line is kind of a
0: placing his trust in god yeah yeah at the end end it's
1: like you know hey listen if if it's if this does something if in my suffering you know redemption could be made for you know if, if there's any other way lord take this cup from me still not my will but yours be done you know so jesus Jesus, so there's something atoning about what Jesus does. There's something about the person of Jesus that makes us one with God again. Whether that is, um, and and you know, atonement theories dealing with them, uh, you know, whether it's a penal substitution where Jesus bore the weight of punishment for me, you know, which is an interesting right. concept because I, you know, I don't know if if my brother and I got in trouble when we were kids. And he was about to get a spanking, and I said, just give me his. Um, and my parents just gave me his whooping. Um, like, what does that say about my parents? You know, I'm not real yeah. comfortable with that. <laughs> thought, okay, Michael, we don't like you as much as we like him, so we'll beat you on his behalf. I, I don't know how I would have interpreted that if it had taken place. But there's right. a lot of then, problems in that in that substitutionary atonement. Um,
0: especially, kind of, yeah, when you start to think that there's this... So there's this price out there that has to be paid. That's the price is even bigger than God if you think about it that way. So it's like,
1: oh yeah, um, yeah, like who's so it being God, paid to, and how does it, right? You know what? What's, yeah, the currency is blood. Is that what I understand? Yeah. But you know, then it. So it seems like maybe it, in the case of atonement that maybe it's not some metaphysical uh, payment that needs to be made necessarily. Um, I don't know. It, it, it. There seems to be some metaphysics to the atonement. And and this is why it becomes a mystery because we're not sure at to what extent things are satisfied in this, but it would certainly seem that the satisfaction to the law, uh, to the covenant partner that that Yahweh has taken, which means uh, God has taken a covenant partner, and it was the Jews, it was humanity, uh, eventually, and Christ makes a way for it not just to be the Jews, but for it to be all of humanity, uh, because. Because he sets us free from the law that the cov- that that surrounded the covenant that was made between, and so, you know, Jesus atones. He makes us one, uh, not so much for God's part, but for our part. Like we we kept ourselves separated. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so we, apparently we had been binding our ability to be at one with God by making a, a, all these rules and all these hedges that were were in a large part an attempt to protect the covenant partner on our part. Well, turns out we didn't really need to protect God at all. Uh, he was the more powerful covenant partner and he's the one who redeems. And he, you know, so uh, there's there's a struggle in all of this because whenever we begin to describe what what was done in the cross, our 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 language uh, becomes difficult because it places uh, it, it it shines a different light on each of the covenant partners, and anyone that elevates us uh, becomes you know troublesome, um, and any and anyone that d- diminishes God becomes troublesome. And so uh, we have a hard time talking about what actually happened on the cross.
0: Well, and I think what's happened when we talk about this substitutionary theory, and this is just the basic thing that most of us have heard growing up, and it's not that it's completely incorrect. It's just, I think, incomplete. Sure. You know, that, that we had sinned against God, so the price had to be paid by someone, so God chooses His own Son instead of us. And and here's here's part of the thing is is that often this puts God against Jesus in, in many people's minds that like God yeah. is the one as though they're who has two different wrath. people. Yes, <laughs> right. And yeah. Jesus is the good guy who steps in between mm-hmm. God and us mm-hmm. to save us from God somehow, which Jesus is God. So yeah. there there has to be a sense in which right. um, when we look at Jesus, we see God, and so that Jesus. Jesus on the cross is God on the cross. Yeah. God so is like Jesus.
1: That, like, yeah, G- we always and say Jesus, Jesus is. is
0: the image yeah. of the invisible God. Yes. I mean, right. scripture says it that right. way, right? Yes. So God is like Jesus. Yes. Um, and and so I think I think where we get tripped up is when we begin to think that that somehow God was it pitted against Jesus. That when Jesus dies, what Jesus does, like you said, is he he doesn't necessarily fix God's part he fixes our part he becomes the truly human one the one who is (laughs) the one who can live out of without sin the one who walks and teaches and lives the law of love that he's preaching and the one who even to the point of death then shows us what God looks like and so you know I I was reading a book not too long ago um, that's called sinners in the hands of a loving God and he (laughs) he says it this way how much blood would have been necessary for god to be vindicated like how many sure, times does sure. jesus need to be beat yeah. so when we look at it that way it seems kind of ridiculous right. that that there's this certain price and how high is the price and, and what is the penalty yeah. there and, does and, he steal, and when would it finally be build yeah. the
1: nails every time i fail and we talked a little bit about that last week you know um, but if we if we find that there are shortcomings in the in this atonement theory then we could always move on to you know christus victor which says that, you know, uh, evil needed to be defeated, right? Right, and, yeah. And Jesus defeats evil, but he had to die in order to, to enter into the realm where evil was really had a hold of us in death, and he had to conquer death and, and the grave. And, I, you know, I love Christus Victor. <laughs> like, I, right. I, I, yeah. you know, it's easy for me to, to go there. I'm a West Texan. And, yeah. um, and, and the
0: resurrection yeah. <laughs> life is what conquers yeah. death and so, ultimately yeah. sin. Oh, yeah. That
1: battle, happened. that whole battle, and that, the, you know, the, the, the warrior Christ uh, makes me happy, you know, because he's fighting for me. Uh, unfortunately, when Jesus is the one who, uh, who, who fights for us, sometimes we all, I don't know what that does to the covenant partner. We just sort of stand there and wait for him to, to complete the battle. And then what? Right. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's a bunch of questions about our participation in the battle and how do we continue? And the battle continues. Did it not end when he died? Because it seems to be continuing. We still have spiritual warfare as a problem. Um, and so, right. We and so we get into all of those kind of things. And then we start talking, like, in my opinion, this this really strange talk about the spiritual realm that exists where where angels and demons are doing battle all the time. And I, it almost just seems a little crazy to me because I don't have any real insight into how that works. I'm flesh and blood. And yes, I understand that there is some mystery that is the, you know, the spirit at work in me. But, um, but even when we talk about the body of Christ, we, you know, we have this embodied understanding of life. And so I don't know how to talk about some of those spiritual battles that are going on and so and I get a little uh, a little nervous when others try to talk about it as though we really have a deep understanding of how that works cuz it's just a giant mystery so I I struggle with how to how to you know have that conversation about the atonement that is continuing in the spiritual realm you know I, know, right. I don't know and- what to do with it
0: one of the things I do like about Christus Victor, it th- seems like Paul picks up on that. You know, he says, um, "Where death is your sting, where mm-hmm. on oh hell is oh, your yeah, victory." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's obviously victory kind yeah. of language. The Book of Ephesians also, is
1: all Christus Victor. You know, I mean, at least the first three yeah. chapters are.
0: So. Well, there's also the uh, one of my you know, the theories that I had never heard of till I started going to school is is called the moral influence theory. Yes, which means that. <laughs> That Jesus' death isn't the only thing that Jesus right. came for. Oh, like, yeah. Like, we don't just need the blood of a All sacrifice, right. yeah, you know, Dallas Willard. forgive us of our yeah, sins.
1: Dallas Willard but, says that that makes us vampire Christians only interested in Jesus for his blood. And I just right, love, yeah. I love that line because it, it really ports to the shortcomings of some of our uh, theories of the atonement, you know. Um, that we're just... <laughs> we're just Waiting for uh, Jesus to die, and then we almost like are celebrating His death. And and I just right. I've become more interested in Jesus' blood while it was still in His veins, uh, yeah. than when it was poured out. You know, I appreciate that it was poured out for me. I appreciate that in the in the covenant and in the sacraments and in and all these things. I I get that there's some there's value in that. But what about when it was in His veins and He was you know, blessing the earth with his presence, you know. This...
0: Yeah, and that's, you know, that we hear that kind of language when people say Jesus was born to die, you know, or that yeah, Jesus yeah. came to die. I get nervous die. about that. I do too, because I think, you know, Jesus was born to show us what God looks like, and Jesus was um, lived to teach us what the kingdom of God could look like in body, mm-hmm. and, and, uh, You know, I, there was even, I, I've had professors that I've read and other people that talk this way. And this may be pushing the envelope a little bit, but like, did Jesus have to die for us to be forgiven? (laughs) And and that's a great question because we see Jesus heals a paralytic. And the first thing he says, to the paralytic is your sins are forgiven. (laughs) And he hadn't been on the cross yet at all, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and obviously God forgave the Ninevites in the old Testament. Sure. I mean, all they repented, they, they, Cried out to God. There was no bloodshed yet. Right. Uh, and so, so this is a, a a question that at first may sound ridiculous to people who've only heard the, you know, the penal substitutionary. Well, did Jesus have to die? Of course, he had to die. Well, did Jesus have to die? Or if we would, have, if humanity would have enthroned Jesus, right. Um, would would he have reigned? I sure. I mean, I don't know that we know the answer to that. Sure. I don't remember if it was Plato or Aristotle in this book I was reading. that The author said that one of these, Plato, Aristotle, had deduced by reason that if a perfect person ever came to the world, we would kill them. Right. Yes. Because their perfectness yes. would drive us would crazy drive us looking nuts. at our own yes. sinfulness yes. and evil. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which philosopher it was, but I think that's, that's really interesting to think about. Um, and so... The moral influence theory says, that Jesus' life mattered. Jesus', Jesus teaching mattered. mattered. So what would have happened
1: now, if we would had just said, you know what? Uh, you'd make a good king. But we tried that, right? On the hillside, they broke up into groups, and then they kind of discussed among themselves while Jesus was feeding the 5,000 in one of Mark's tellings um, that uh, they, they tried to make him king by force, right? And he right. slipped away.
0: But what kind of king I think is the bigger yeah, question yeah. because he, it, he's because not just
1: a meal ticket. That's not the atonement. Is that he's not right. just a meal ticket? Yeah, and then so so sort of the um, so if the he,
0: cross might have been necessary to show what kind of king he yeah, would be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: it might it might have been necessary because and and now I mean I hope it was there was something. Yeah. Uh, there's definitely something of value there. I you know I look at the Obviously. cross and it, yeah. and I and I know that other centered self sacrificing love is a description of Jesus, right? And so I know that at least there is atonement if I'm willing to be an other-centered, self-sacrificing person, right? And I'm invited into the redemption uh, that that God is pouring out on the earth as, as a member of his body. As a member of the church, if I'm going to follow Jesus, it always goes to the cross. You don't get to avoid the cross and follow Jesus, right? Because, right? Because you because the kind of life that he lives is so disruptive to the status quo that it that it takes you to a cross, um, you know, and and a pointing out of injustices and a raising up of the those who have been belittled. Jesus life is atoning um, and his death is atoning but how to talk about that when we we struggle you know it's not right. it's not yeah. a simple oh well it's this and and we've in in a lot of cases we've made it transactional right we've yeah. made it very And I think that's uh, he did this for us. that's why the penal substitution
0: right. is so popular because it is it can be put very simply in ways that we understand but it also looks a lot like our power systems and structures like you gotta pay for it, <laughs> it you know, right. uh, and it right. does become a transaction. Yes, so now is. we got the blood. Now we've got heaven, mm-hmm. and now we don't have to worry about the way we live. We right. don't have no, to worry have about to, like anything else. Fight. It's just
1: we. It's yeah.
0: it's simple. It's transactional, and it's all about us in some ways. Um, yes, it is because we just need the blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But if we need the teachings of Jesus that says. Uh, blessed are you
1: <laughs> when yeah oh yeah or blessed are the poor in spirit. or the kingdom blessed is the, the kingdom is like a mustard seed that takes over and makes room for the sparrows you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it pushes out all of the all of the the law and it pushes out all of the rules and sometimes it even pushes out reason in order to make room for the tiniest you know so jesus right. is so jesus preaches a message that is that is atoning if you are uh, one of the outcasts, right? Uh, I love this right. this, yeah. this line in this song from Rich Mullins that said, uh, it was one of those that he recorded in a, just before his death. He, he never got to record it in a Rich studio. Rich Mullins. Yeah, and he... What a dude. The, the ragamuffin. And he... Um, he recorded it and it said, uh, the, the Pharisees are all asking, who's this man? Some say he's a prophet, right? And they're all like, kind of, who is this guy? Right. Why should we listen to him? And then the, the the line in the first verse is, well, the whores all seem to love him and the drunks propose a toast and they sing, surely God is with us. Well, surely That's God awesome. is with us. you know. And so it's, it's kind of this, the whole song is this juxtaposition of who saw him as God. Right, who saw him as the divine and those who needed atonement the most, you know, well, I can't have atonement through the law because I am unclean. Well, the woman who had the issue of blood, she saw him as atonement. The woman who had, you know, however many divorces and met him at the the well and wasn't living with the man who was her husband, and, you know, she found atonement, she found a way to God through the person of Jesus Christ. And so I think probably whatever our questions about atonement are, the how, is not nearly as important as the who, right? Right. So it yeah. has to be about who who provides atonement. And and I think a lot of us believe that would say, hopefully we would say out loud, Jesus is the one who provides atonement. God is the one who provides atonement. The spirit now is providing atonement in our lives. But a lot of us don't live that way. We live as though I am the one who is making atonement, right? I am a covenant partner with Yahweh, and I am going to work my way into His good graces,
0: right? right yeah, I'm going to live this way and do that thing. Yeah, and yeah. that's what moral—that's
1: uh, what the the what you call it—the moral uh, moral influence. influence theory ends up doing to us is that we get a holiness doctrine out of it, where we, you know, if I act right, I'll... <laughs>
0: Right. You know. So we still, need, we still need the victory. We need mm-hmm. the sacrifice. And I think one of the things, when we go back to the Old Testament with the question that we got, reference the Old Testament and violence, so I think we should address that. Um, when we look at the Old Testament, one of the things I think that we see is, and this is very important, I think, <laughs> um, the culture that this all rose out of was, was a sacrificial culture. Sure. So people sacrifice to gods all the mm-hmm. time. Now, one of the things that distinguished Israel from other cultures around them is that they did not sacrifice humans. No. They didn't sacrifice their children. Mm -hmm. Like other cultures around them did. And so the lamb becomes the picture of the one who goes between, right? Sure. So it takes the place of. And I do think there is a sense in which Jesus takes our place and takes our sin because Jesus is the sinless one, he's the lamb, but but it's not in a transactional mode as much as it is he's identifying with us, mm-hmm. he's going through what yes. we go through, and yet without sin, and he's winning the victory on the cross mm-hmm. through the resurrection. So we don't just need the death, we need the life, we need the... The, the death. We need the resurrection and we even need the ascension mm-hmm. because then the Holy Spirit comes to right. live within the church.
1: Right. So yeah, the problem so, the problem then becomes is that I can shake my fist at heaven and I can say, Lord, you don't understand. You don't know how hard it is to be us. And he looks back and says, well, actually, you know, I, I died on a cross. And so right, I do exactly. understand it. But what the problem is and the disconnect for us is, is that we have this uh, this issue where we think that he is expecting a level of perfection out of us um, and so we were're we're the law right so Jesus needed to put to death the law um, and and because it, it it brought death it served its purpose it, well and it brought death right it began right. to bring death instead of bringing life it began to bring death so Jesus says hey listen I will atone for your sins in this way so that life so that you can have life and you can have it to the fullest right and so Jesus is this uh, you know he's he's putting these things to death uh so that we can be set free from thinking that God is keeping a record of wrongs right because he says love right. love yeah. keeps no record of wrongs and John you know in uh, in one of the letters that John wrote he said, uh, first John 4: 7 and 8 he said uh, love comes from God God is love right and so right, if we yeah. understand that God is love and we understand that love keeps no record of wrongs then everywhere in first Corinthians chapter 13 we can replace uh, the the word love with God right and so we say God, God is patient God is kind he does not he's not envious he's not boastful right and so if if Jesus is painting a new picture up for us um is he painting a new picture of a change that has occurred in God, right and that's the question is the New Testament is full of love and the Old Testament is full of violence um, you know uh, it, it, and so the question then becomes, did we get a new picture of God or or did God actually change?
0: right yeah you know, um, and obviously we don't think God changed why. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I lean towards saying,
1: no, God didn't change. But right, yeah. but I do feel like that we have evolved over time in our understanding yes. of who God is. As we practice exactly. theology or God talk, as we practice... Or these pontificating. Things, as we pontificate on these things That's together. Right. So maybe you know. what
0: we're doing is worthwhile. It might
1: be. It might be. We may just be drumming up questions that have already been answered. and um, But hopefully we're...
0: I don't think, but, you know, I think... The average listener, though, would probably want to talk about these things because, you know, while they may have been talked about by theologians for years and years, I think the general public is asking more difficult questions than maybe years past. Sure. I think yeah. I think there's many things that have kind of come to light, and so there's some questions about Scripture. I, I have one college student who texts me all the time questions, and I think it's awesome because that's I always tell my students and, and people in my congregation— This is what I live for. If you have questions, shoot them to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we want those questions. So that's why we're answering questions this week. And really, I shouldn't say we're ant this year. We are not answering questions because (laughs) some of these questions have no answers. We're We're pontificating about questions. I think you hit on a really good thing, though. Um, It's not God who's changed. It's our view of God that's changed. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Old Testament's more violent. Um, Because they lived in a violent culture, so they saw the world in a violent way, but even their violence, and and this is what I hope people catch, was less violent than the culture around them. So God was pushing them forward to to forward-thinking ways. So like... They were supposed to leave, you know, grain for the alien and the stranger and mm-hmm. the widow. That was progressive. Oh, yeah. That was ahead Every, of its yeah, time. Everything about it was progressive. Women being mentioned in stories was way progressive. <laughs> you know, women being thought... Kind <laughs> of the, the like Jesus
1: addressing women at all was just groundbreaking. Yeah,
0: well, and not just Jesus. Even, you know, in Genesis where um, Ishmael is, is born to Sarai's maidservant, mm-hmm. Hagar and Ishmael, and... You know, Hagar says, You are the God who sees me. So God sees her yeah. in her distress. Um uh, and, and so I think those are things that we have to remember. Right. While we wouldn't be while we wouldn't think of the world in those barbaric ways that maybe some of the old testament stories are like sure. read judges. If you read judges, you'll freak out. Right. But, but you don't get
1: you don't get Jesus quoting from judges. Right? Yeah. Like
0: there <laughs> And ultimately Jesus is is a better revelation than even sure. what we have and, in and the I Old And I
1: think we have to just confess that Jesus in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with right. God. And so uh, when, you know, Jesus is the Word incarnate. So what God's, you know, if God has a Word for us, then we see it in the person of Jesus Christ, right? And he, right. Was, he was often, remember they said, who is this guy? He doesn't teach like our scribes teach. He's not just quoting what others, he teaches with, as if he has his own authority to teach, right and this so there was a newness to what Jesus was teaching and and unfortunately i wish you know Jesus had quoted from judges and said this is how i feel about samson and all that violence
0: <laughs> but he didn't i do right? too. you know
1: how that would make answering these questions this is what we really
0: think about violence
1: really easy you know because if Jesus had right. just flat out addressed it but he didn't right he didn't because because then if Jesus just you know if he scares us if god just scares us into belief and scares us into following us following him and then gives us really straightforward answers then is there free will in that at all right because then i'm just responding to my fear not responding in love to a creator who is loving and so you know and that and that in itself then becomes a conversation about atonement theory once again Right, like, right. Cause, Yeah. Because if God was gonna, you know, the flood obviously didn't didn't take care of it. Um, the wars didn't didn't take care of it. You know, conquering everyone didn't didn't take care of it. Killing a bunch of animals wasn't getting it done. Uh, Jesus said, "Listen, I, I don't know when, you know, it all became about the blood and the death, but if y'all need that, then I will do that for you. I will be that sacrifice and and so." you know, I have, I'm hard pressed to say that it satisfied something for God in the cosmic realm where God was somehow handcuffed and unable to forgive. And Jesus unlocked the keys or unlocked the handcuffs with his death on the cross. That becomes somewhat problematic for me. Now, if there's that
0: becomes very (laughs) problematic if God can't do what God wants to do. Right,
1: right. You know, that's I struggle with that gives how the power
0: sin has more power than God. Yeah, and I'm
1: I'm not cool with that. I don't want to say that that's true. So, now but to say completely that Jesus death on the cross doesn't do something metaphysical. Now I'm I'll
0: shy away from I'm that not, too. I'm not going to say that. I'm not good with that one either. Yeah. <laughs> so, there there's something yeah. definitely sacrificial about the death but I like how you worded it um, earlier and even before we came on today when we were just talking about maybe what we would talk about today. Um, it, it, the change is not for God's sake as much as for our sake. That, that yeah. God changes how we view God, God uh, takes on our nature, God uh, suffers and dies, faces the same temptations. And, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a mystery. Mm-hmm. That's for sure, but it, it, it's yeah. definitely um, there's definitely different ways to look at it. Sure, but but we're thankful that Christ came, that Christ yeah. died, that Christ is risen, and that Christ has ascended to the Father sure. and has promised the Holy Spirit. I think know?
1: the Book of Hebrews, the the writer of Hebrews, would have us not trample the sacrifice by saying it was right. by yeah. saying it was insufficient right? And that's right, what we yeah. do sometimes is we look at it and we go, well, see, Jesus was perfect and we have to be perfect like Jesus or God isn't going to love us. And, well, God loved us enough to put down his riches and glory and come to earth and be a part of us. And he loves us enough to abide with us in his Holy Spirit. So if he loves us that much, then he's not up there with a rule book checking off do's and don'ts to make sure that we earn enough right. gold stars to get into his kingdom, right? Right. He's he seems more concerned that we would allow his kingdom to dwell in our lives right now. Right. Right. And so we and would... I, I Go ahead.
0: Oh, go ahead. I just think it, it becomes an issue because I hear what you're saying, but I also know that some people will say, Okay, well, if if we're not trying to follow a list of do's and don'ts, then it doesn't really matter how we live, we do whatever we want. <laughs> but yeah. I think what it does yeah. is sets us free to live for God's because it's the best way to live Sure, it's, because it, right. it brings us wholeness and fulfillment right. and peace and love and joy and all yeah. the things that God wants for I us. I know you had
1: it happen to you in youth ministry where the teenager would say, how far is too far? You yeah. know, which is basically a question of what can I get away with, right? It's a horrible question. It's a bad question because it totally undermines the, the whole nature of, the, of, of trying to live a life that is above all of that carnality, as it were, or that, right. that you know... Ooh,
0: carnality, yeah. old holiness. Yeah, I'm sorry,
1: thing. I had to use it. You know, we are talking Sinfulness,
0: about... Sinfulness, <laughs> selfishness. <laughs> we're
1: talking or... about, uh, uh, you know, uh, atonement theory. So you got to throw right. words like that in there occasionally. But um, I, I think probably, you know, the, the better question is like you said, or the better response is, is like you were saying, is that, um, you know... And my mom would say it to me. She said, Michael, even if we die someday and we discover... Or don't discover because there's nothing after this. We still lived a great life, didn't we? Like, are you displeased? She was asking me as a teenager, are you displeased with the life that your dad and I have offered to you? One that is following after Christ. Wow. You know? Yeah. And and my answer had to be, well, no. Like, this is, we, we love our neighbors. We care about the people around us. We... We are we practice gratitude for as much as we are capable of it, you know. And I think God is I think God is pleased. Like we're always worried that oh, is, are you living a life that is pleasing to God? And we kind of shake the finger as though pleasing, being pleasing to God is what makes for atonement. Right. Well, God, it was good God's good pleasure to create us in the first place, and it seems like it is God's good
0: pleasure to afford us redemption. And afford right. us atonement. Yeah. Right? So... So I used to, when I come to a, a new youth group, and I, I was in three different places as a youth pastor, I, I would always talk about it at some point early on, you know, that, that thing you talked about, it, especially in youth ministry, how how far out here on the edge can I get? So I'd just draw a big circle, <laughs> and I'd write the word God in the middle. right? And I, I would say, you know, asking these questions, which one's inside the line, which one's outside the line, put, put all these things right out near the border, you know? Right. And that's say, but the ultimate quest of being a, a Christian is to see how close we can get in here to where God is at. Um, because that's where the, the life to the full is, right? Right. And so, yeah, I think that's the, that's the danger. That's why I think so many people, they want, they need a, a set of rules. Because the danger in preaching grace as it really should be right. is that Christ has done it. And you don't need to do anything.
1: <laughs> right. The the right? the seat of Messiah is taken.
0: Right. right. You don't you're not you're not the one re- atoning for your own no. sin. But if you'll come close to God in the middle, that's where the good stuff is. Yes. You you can you can wander out here and frustrate yourself forever. Right. And and then say why why is The world's so tough to me, or why is God doing this Uh to me? (laughs) Right. As you do it to yourself, right? right?
1: Yeah. So (laughs) So. ultimately then, right, what we've said already is true, that who matters more than how. Yeah. And it is Christ who gives us atonement. And it's
0: and all those theories somehow work into mm -hmm. it, and and there's more of it. And
1: ultimately, it is Christ, right? When God came down here in the flesh, he he said, uh, put down the sword. Right. Yeah put down the sword, and take up the cross. So right. that's, what, that's what we do, right? I mean, in obedience to who Jesus is, we put down the sword and we take up the cross.
0: And I think it's much easier to do trusting and knowing that, that Christ has come before and has shown us how to do that, but also that even in our death, uh, Christ is enough for us, that the atonement has made, reconciled mm-hmm. us back to God. Yeah. And and that we are God's children, and that even death is just a doorway to sure. living with Christ. Well, we
1: hope. I mean, our hope ultimately is that Jesus has promised us that if we if we lay down our lives, that He will trump our death with resurrection.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So. You know, I mean,
0: and that's what we learn every Easter and and really every Sunday because right. that's why oh, yeah. we come together. Hopefully,
1: that's atoning enough, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Well, this has been some good stuff. Yeah, it has. Um, thanks to our listener, I won't out them because I'm not. I didn't tell people I was going to put their names out there. But thanks to the listener who who asked that difficult first question, uh, but it's an important one. Sure, it is. Um, it's an important one to think about. If all we need is Jesus' blood, then we might just be using him, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't want to yeah. do that. Hey, well, I hope you have a great week. You too. And love you guys. Love you. And uh, tell Shelly to wake up early for me and, <laughs> and have fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right? Alrighty, man. You take care. We'll see you next week. Love you. All right. Bye.
0: Love you too. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.